What up, what up, what up? It is Eric Hulker in the Incredible Halt podcast. For this episode, we head to Saugatuck, to the Saugatuck Center for the Arts, and we spend a little time talking to Donna St. John. She has the um, exhibit that's going right now through May 26th called Moving Through the Unimaginable. It's an incredible incredible exhibit um that talks about empathy and people's stories and like i don't want to give away too much because her telling the story is just much better than me doing it right now but i will just say that this podcast was a lot of fun to do and i hope you enjoy it donna st john she has an exhibit right now at the saga duck center for the arts and this is the incredible halt podcast there are aspects of my personality that i can't control don't make me angry you wouldn't like me when i'm angry the Incredible Halt Podcast. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. Raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. The Incredible Halt. Besides, nobody's getting hurt. Podcast. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it. Hear the music. Donna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, so, you know... We're going to weave all over the place here as we talk about this exhibit. Uh, but the first thing I want to ask is, like, what was the impetus that started this? Because when I was talking to Whitney this week to kind of set up this interview, she's like, oh, well, normally we have all these fun things that people come in and they just kind of, you know, wander <laughs> around and enjoy art and kind of soak it all up. And it's and this is not that. Right. And so Correct. talk me through kind of, you know, where this came from, why it's it's in Saugatuck, like all like the way in which it all kind of came together. And, and here we are. I mean, this thing is going to open in a couple of days. We're going to run this in March. Right. It's going to open in a couple of days. Like mm-hmm. how did it get here and what can people expect? Well, I, th- I think it's important um, not to get political, but after the election, regardless of which side or which party you believe in, I think it was very clear that we are in need of cultivating an understanding of other people's stories. Sure. So I decided that I, too, need to work at this, and I have to work harder to help build that. I also think that in our contemporary times, we have stories in social media happening all the time, but the stories are based on what's good in my life and not really acknowledging the difficult times. And I would push a little bit harder and say, right, it, it's the shell. It's not even what's good in your life. It's, it's, it's the, you know, the veneer of right. what you put out it's there. It's simulated. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, this, it's, is, this is how great my life is. You guys literally just walked from Madcap. And if you guys didn't take Instagram photos of said coffee, you didn't actually drink any, right? Right. Because that's the point right. of the coffee art, right? It's not to, it doesn't make the coffee taste better. It makes the Instagram look better, right? Right. And that's not real. That's not real life because real life has both positive and negative, joy sure. and pain. And in our world in social media, we're losing that sight. Well, and, and you know, you, you, you say you don't want to get political, but I, I wonder if, if even that word seems more divisive than it should be, right? Because in a, in a thriving democracy, we should all be political and be able to have a conversation about the, right. the wins, the losses. I mean, behind me, the Olympics are playing, right? And over the past two nights between Kim and Sean White, right? Like, we've been celebrating as a nation with these two guys and girls winning snowboarding competitions right so it's proof that you know when you hear the philosophy that we have more in common than we have apart right we've we've gathered as a country for the last 48 hours to celebrate skateboards on snow right like in in the literal sense so we can come together when it's necessary but what i find interesting is when you partner this exhibit up with the lens of social media is that 
that doesn't really exist, right? It's, it's you against me, us against them, right? It's everything is broken into teams. And when you get to the root of it, everybody has a story. And at the end of that story is some piece of yarn or some sort of sinew, right? That you can connect with that person in some way, shape or form. If you could get to the point that you could do what you and I are doing, which is sit down and talk. Right. And I think, I think one of the most beautiful aspects of this exhibit is it slows down the trajectory of all of these anonymous stories. So, so stop there for a second. Cause I saw that in the video and I wanted to ask you about that. So when you mean slow down, what, like what's the literal interpretation of how does it slow the story down? Walk me through like what that looks like. I have, I have been amazed and honored to receive all of these anonymous stories that are raw and sensitive and real. And I, I, I can't imagine someone going to the exhibition and not wanting to slow down at a hurried pace sure. and acknowledge these very raw, real stories of adversity and triumph over adversity. And so for people who are listening to this and they want to go, the, the exhibit is open from March 16th through May 26th. It's, it's officially called Moving Through the Unimaginable. Um, and I believe if I have all of this right, right, I was trying to kind of download everything that's going on because it's, it's a pretty robust exhibit to kind of... Absolutely. Codify, right? But mm-hmm. you started with eight stories and then you've been accepting other anonymous stories through a Google Doc, right? Is that, do I have the premise Correct. right? Okay. Correct. So I have personally interviewed eight, seven community members. And now, did, did you find them? They came to you? Like, what was the, how did that work? Um, most of them came through the Saugatuck Center of the Arts. Someone knew someone that had um, gone through a difficult time and, and had modeled going through the adversity and, and come out through that adversity, come through that adversity with a sense of responsibility to help others, with a sense of responsibility to be kinder and to look out for someone else. Sure. And so let's talk about you for a second. Um, you know, they warned me you weren't super fond of talking about you in relationship to this, but I, I like, I think your work is so profound that I, I think it's important to talk about that. How different is this? I mean, you're working in some similar mediums that you're used to working in, but how different is this a way for you to tell a story through your art than, let's say, like some of the stuff that we've seen of yours in Art Prize, right? That that isn't mm-hmm. quite this large in scope, right, right? And maybe not necessarily. I mean, you do pieces that I found uh, the Maslow piece, and and you know, certainly, oh. sorry, two years ago, the Turing one, the Alan Turing piece. Oh, absolutely. Right? So you and I kind of have some similar things that we're into and those things make me slow down because I'm fascinated by touring and his whole story and you know what a huge figure he was and then he was demonized and we lost right. him too soon right? right and people's misunderstanding of <laughs> of the highest part of Maslow's pyramid is not to go back to what you were saying 20 minutes ago right is not Instagram followers right right, right. so you've right. made you've made pieces that you could slow down and kind of ingest but given this the pace of art prize it probably wasn't possible What's the difference between that, let's say those, I think you did six pieces, right? Six or seven pieces over the course of Art Prize and now, mm-hmm. right? Like, what's the difference between these two exhibits? I'm not sure that they are much different I guess because I'm constantly telling a story. I guess what I'm saying is, like, at least what I've seen of your work, you don't tell multiple stories all at once. I guess that's, like, the scope of what you're building. Well, this most definitely is, is, is a much larger endeavor 
because it has so many separate pieces. I mean, to anonymously receive approximately 50 stories, all profound stories, intimate stories that people have shared with the hope of starting the healing process themselves and possibly helping someone else. Um, that's huge. That that responsibility for for me as an artist and for Sagatuck as an exhibition site, that responsibility is enormous. But it's also been very humbling to accept these stories and and see how they intersect and see the triumph of the human spirit. And that that intersection will you know outside of you who's spent a lot of time with the seven and then and then the fifty and right and the, and you right. guys are still sort of collecting them, but. Mm-hmm. Will it be difficult for people to put together the crossroads of humanity, or will they, it kind of be overt to them? No. One of the things that's really, that is really important to me as an artist and as an educator is to reach a wide variety of audiences regarding their own understanding of aesthetics. So it's important for me that some of the pieces are very simple to understand. When when you look at an oil painting of someone and see that as a portrait of someone, that's one step. The, the formal qualities of that are simple enough and, and hopefully beautiful enough for the viewer to just just gaze at. The next step is to abstract and change things and hope the viewer goes a little bit deeper and works a little bit harder to recognize the the statement of that story. And the installation then goes even further than that because each the installation will include 28 different stories that have been printed on sandbags and this this whole exhibition isn't isn't really about me as a single artist there there's a whole community of people that are participating in helping this blossom and happen the installation in itself you you do go deeper because there's a lot of symbolism in the um, white sand in the sandbag, in having the gallery every two days slit the bottom and allow that story to release. It, it's, it's a deeper, it, it takes more work from the viewer. Sure. And there are several pieces throughout the whole exhibition that, that can speak to really anyone, anyone. This is super cool. So, like, I, I'm, I'm a person who's fascinated. I was telling these guys yesterday when they were kind of prepping me to, to talk with you. I'm a super curious human being about the way in which people... I like that. You know, as you're telling me this story, not only do I want to see the exhibit, but then mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, okay, so you get a story, and then what happens? Like, how, like how do you figure out how you're rep- what you're going to represent? It? Like, you get one of these... You interview these seven people, right, right. anonymously, mm-hmm. and then how do you decide, we'll just give them fake names. Jim's story, how does Jim's story manifest into pieces that end up in this exhibit what was that process like for you that that is part of letting go as an artist and allowing the words and the story to speak for themselves I just I just try to become a conduit and, and step away so so in the interviews that I had with different individuals in the conversations that they had with me they would mention Part of the healing process was conversation. Part of the healing process was exercise and movement. Part of the healing process was just telling my story. In the anonymous stories that we received through the mail or um, online, they thanked us for hearing their story. 
Thank you for taking the time to hear that story. So for me, it's it's reading the story and allowing it to be absorbed and marinate and then blossom how I think that um, it, it feels it wants to come forth. So it's not about me taking the story and then saying, this is how it should be. It's almost asking, asking the story, um, how do you want to present yourself to the viewer? So part of the exhibition, I've taken some of the stories and printed them on silver paper in different size fonts, and then I've laser cut parts out of the story, and they're, they're layered. And the serendipity of it, the randomness of it, of layering these random stories and seeing the beautiful perspective of each of them. I think is profound, and I really can't take credit for that as much as I can just to step away and say, isn't it beautiful the way they they themselves, the stories themselves, presented themselves? And so, which leads me to my next question about, like, did that process surprise you? Like yes. When, when, you, when you look and see what this thing looks like, was it? Yes. It was a beautiful surprise. And, and I would love to say that it was all um, curiosity and and happy surprises. It wasn't. There was tremendous amount of work going into my studio and problem solving and engineering through the process until it got each of these pieces, each of these stories um, blossomed in a way that I felt they needed. So it wasn't all always fun. It was sometimes exhausting. But um, like I said, the um, responsibility of accepting someone's story meant you needed to find a way to honor that story now, in a you, way that it wanted to be honored. Now, as an artist, were you able to let go of some of that responsibility once the pieces were over? Or are you still kind of carrying the echoes of that? I think I'm carrying it. Yeah. I mean, I read the stories. Um, I was just telling, telling Whitney, I was reading a couple of the stories, and I was working in my home office, and... I had to leave and I had to go get groceries. And one of the stories is about a woman who's, who's, I believe, it's anonymous, but I believe it's her sister that's dying. And she talks about how her sister is was constantly able to take off her shoes and think about the story of someone else. And she would lean in. She used those, that term of leaning in and recognizing the story that that nurse might be carrying. So I closed my computer, and I went and got groceries, and it's, it struck me as this um, grocery clerk is, is bagging my groceries. She, too, has a story, and what story is she holding? So I'm still, I'm still processing, sure. and I'm still learning from these stories, these beautiful stories. Well, and I, I wonder if that's... Uh a little bit healthier way to go through life. You know, this, we were talking about the exhibit in an abstract way this morning and then talking about this idea of genius, right? And the idea being like, as a society, we have this idea of what a genius is. Mm -hmm. We'll go back to Alan Turing, right? Alan Turing would be considered a genius, right? Yes. Except unless you can't change the oil in your car, right? Right. And so that guy who in society you might not see as an affluent well-respected human being in society should be because he's doing something that to me is absolute magic. Right. Right. Cause I have no idea how that happens. Right. Right. You might as well tell me that gremlins go in my car, they eat all the oil and then we replace it with something else. Right. Right. Cause I just, when you're dealing with a car that is 
past 1995, right? There's so many computers in it. It's just, it takes a special person to do that stuff. And so I wonder if your ability to now kind of flip the lens and go, what's, what's their story and what's their story. And like, instead of doing what I think as a collective where we tend to do these days, which is judge. Right. That's what's wrong with you. That's what's wrong with you. Right. That's what's wrong with you. I wonder if that's a healthier way to go through life. Well, it certainly is a kinder. It <laughs> yes, certainly right. is cultivating a kinder society to recognize that maybe this person could possibly um, use someone holding the door. I mean, I remember going through difficult times, and I remember um, my sister when she was dying. I remember feeling literally raw literally raw, just completely exposed, and, and small acts of kindness from family, from friends, from perfect strangers made such a huge difference for me. And I think um, my hope is that we can slow down and recognize that there may be a story behind there. So, so the person that cuts you off in traffic, um, you, can go, you can curse them, and we do, but I'm not sure that that, I'm not sure that helps you. No, because you take it with you. You take it they with you. They don't have any idea. That you they have no it. idea that you did it. Exactly. So you carry that. Maybe we can cultivate a society where I can assume that that person is rushing to the hospital for something. Sure. Because that then doesn't change me. Right? Yeah. And I think that's... I think that's... Uh, I can't control what the viewer will see or what they'll take away. But the hope is that um, we can recognize that there are, we all have a story. When I, when I used to teach in a high school, the, the topic came in up that we were talking about social justice, and I talked about all life has pain. And this particular young man, senior, very popular, um, homecoming king, quarterback, um, he said, not me, not my, not my life. And I remember stopping and, and saying, I hope you're right. But I'm, I'm a pretty old woman, and in, in my experience, all life does have some struggle. And class ended, and he left, and, and I didn't think about it. And it was probably 10 years later that I get this card, and he talks about, he sends me this card and said, do you remember this conversation? And I do. And he said, here's my struggle. Here's what it is. And having that conversation... At that time, I didn't think it would ever happen to me, and yet it did. And knowing that it does happen to all of us, even in our simulated Facebook world, was a comfort because I'm not alone. We all have it. We all have struggle at times. Absolutely. Donna St. John has joined us. Uh, Saugatuck Center for the Arts is where you can see this March 16th through May 26th, moving through the unimaginable. Um, and I know this is probably a little bit premature, but uh, you know, will you have a piece in our prize this year? I don't know. Right now I am totally focused yeah. on this exhibition. Very cool. So I don't know. Well, thank you so much for joining. And, and if you put something in our prize, I'd love to have you back and okay. talk for a little bit longer. All right. All right. Great. Thank you. Take care. Thank you.